Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and to my right is the man that I wasn't even sure I'd make it to 50 episodes with, let alone nine years of marriage. Well, we are kind of like a yin and yang. The fact we that we totally haven't are. strangled each other <laughs> in the first 49 is a good sign. I think we're ready to keep going. We are ready to keep going. And I will tell you that our nine years of marriage and even during these 50 episodes, we have met our our share of challenges. And um, the challenges aren't just like in the daily minutiae, even though that's part of it. But, you know, we're actually in the start of a new turned on method in the next week here. And it's interesting how we are tested on our own methods in terms of decision making and how yeah. we move through life. And uh, that's what we want to talk about today is just kind of get really raw and real with, um, I hate using that term, but just, just get really raw. I really yeah. hate using We just term. want to get off the cliche meter here for yeah, a second. Yeah, um, really, yeah, hey, let, let's, let's acknowledge something. So, you know, this is a big moment for us. This is our 50th episode. Um, you know, the turned on the turned on podcast. It's an opinion show. Uh, sometimes we have very strong opinions, but you know what we try to do is we try to we try to bring a broad range of uh, a guests on here, and we really try to speak with authority. So you know, I know that today everybody has courses, everybody has podcasts, they have methods, they have training programs, uh, even the churches, and every single one of those people, Ange, they believe that their method, that their training, that their podcast, that their church is the best, and and we get it. You have to have faith and conviction in what you do. Mm -hmm. So we want to be open to that. We want to be a, a voice where you guys can come on and be like, hey, you know what? I really identify with what these guys are saying. We want to be humble, but at the same time, we want to be bold. I think that is what we decided when we started this uh, episode one. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but Angelique and I recorded like three episodes and I looked at her uh, before we aired them and I go, babe, um, I, I wouldn't listen to them. Like, I, I just They're think something's awful. missing. Yeah. And, and I said, let's redo it. And I said, what are we going to do? And I, I literally said, I go, you know, let's just give this up to God. Let's, let's not try and tiptoe around subjects. Let's not try and, you know, say things that are fluffy or woo-woo. I go, let's just give it up to God and see where it goes. And we did. And what happened, babe? It, well, God took over. I mean, every single episode turned into a story about someone's faith, even those people that we didn't know had faith. Right. Um, and it really took a different turn um, to, to exact, to, for exactly the reason why we started it, you know, is just really showcase how God has such an integral part and interest in every area of your life. 
Yeah, so. but we also wanted this to be for the secular people who were looking for something. You know, we have totally. a lot of great, a lot of great shows that we did on on the body, uh, on health. We have a lot of great shows that we've done on business and marriage and family. So yeah, faith is is the is the kind of string that ties it all together. Um, and we love that. And, you know, we've, we've been really lucky too. I want to thank every guest that's been on our show so far. I think we've been really lucky. We've had some people that have shocked us. We've had some people that we've just met by circumstance that we've asked to be on the show that in the first five minutes, we didn't know how it was going to go. And we looked at it and said, wow, yeah. <laughs> like this was meant to be, you know, and, and guys, you know, we try to vet our guests. We, we want to make sure that we're not bringing on people that, you know, we don't know about or are going to say something that we don't agree with. I mean, we don't have to agree with everything. That's the hard part these days. These days is we're so fragile as a, as a society. We take so many things out of context or so many people, including myself at the time, I'll be honest with you, we're, we're, we're willing to pounce on somebody or something or some idea as soon as we hear it because we are so grounded and so hunkered down on what we believe. So part of what we're going to try and do over the next 50 episodes is really stick to our faith. Um, I know that we'll do that, but what I'm saying is we really want to be open. We really want to be strong in our convictions, and we know that God's going to keep bringing people on this show. They're going to give high value because we do care who comes on this show. We do care what comes out of their mouth, and we do care the message. We believe in being stewards. You like that word, babe? It's one of my favorites. Yeah. We believe in being stewards of the word. We believe in being stewards of, of good news. You know, we, we hear so much about bad news. We want to bring good news and we want to bring things that change people's lives. And first and foremost, Angelique and I are, we're a married couple with kids. We are, you know, we're looking for, we're looking for happiness. So I think that resonates. Um, Ange, what do you think about turned on though? Let's, let's kind of regroup this. When we talk about turned on and you came to me and said, I want to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let's do one together because I think we're better together than we are apart, you know, doing sometimes. things separately. Sometimes, sometimes she says, sometimes she whispers, sometimes, sometimes. Um, well, for the most part. And what that means is I said, babe, but there's a chapter in my workbook for speak up and I called it turned on. So tell them about that when you saw that. Oh, well, the original one. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, you, you used a piece from that workbook um, in a keynote that we did in Australia. And we were talking about connection and, and just how in business in general, like we're really in the business of connection. And there was a picture of probably eight or nine people in line at a Starbucks or, or something. food court, food court. Okay. Details. And um, usually I'm the detailed one. Seven out of eight of them had their heads down in their device, in their phones. And the one person that did not have their phone out and had their head up, David said, who appears to be turned on in this photo? Who's up for the relationship? Who's up for the connection? And that really stuck with me. It stuck with the audience. It stuck over time. And when I said I wanted to do a podcast, we kind of, you know, came together and said, okay, we'll do this together. What do we want to call it? And we said, well, why don't, why don't we just go with turned on? And I said, well, hold on, let's pump the brakes. Because we can't have a whole show about our heads being down in, you know, virtual devices. Um, plus, we're using a podcast to get the message out. So we also have to remember that technology is not the villain. We have to remain neutral. However, 
it is a means to where we are becoming more and more divided. And we are hardwired for connection. And that connection exists in our health, being in tune with our mindset, being in tune with our bodies, um, obviously, and being in line with our faith. It, that connection exists in relationships, which we call home team. So marriage, children, and then, of course, community is sort of the offset of that. And it, can, it, it exists in the marketplace. If you are not turned on in the marketplace, if you're not turned on in business, we can easily go on autopilot. We can easily rest on our laurels. We can start inadvertently becoming in agreement with things that don't agree with your spirit, don't agree with your, your values, and you just keep grinding away. And eventually that can lead to what I call like a spiritual death. Well, what, what, what I refer to it in, in the book and what we're going to refer to it in teaching along with spiritual death is cruise control or you, you are hitting basically the autopilot. Mm -hmm. And, and let's, let's look at something, you know, we recently uh, stepped away from uh, a company that we had been with for a long time. And um, in our neighborhood here, I have a, a gentleman that I'm coaching and he's a songwriter. Obviously, there's a lot of musicians, and I'm starting to coach some musicians, which is really cool because I love music. Ah, but um, like your perfect yeah combo. And and he and he said, you know, why would you step away from that? And I I I stop for a second. Let's tell the listeners though when we mean step away. Like <clears throat> let's because not everybody knows. We we resigned, we resigned from a company that brought us substantial wealth. Mm -hmm. Substantial. When we resigned, we didn't have a step two or step 10. It was no. just, we're stepping away. And we're going to get into why we stepped away. But the reason why he asked the next question is because we let go of everything. Yeah. And, and basically, I thought for a second, I said, yeah, when you mention it, it, it does sound kind of like knee jerk. It sounds kind of crazy. But then I thought for a second and I said, look, you're a musician, right? So imagine that you are playing in at your local bar and you're playing cover tunes and you could play cover tunes, you know, every Friday and Saturday and you get paid well, but you're playing them kind of on cruise control. You know, you know them, uh, they, they have not a lot of meaning to you, but they, they mean something, but it's not your stuff. And I just felt like we were ready to put our originals out there. We were ready to make this leap. Like we wanted to contribute to the kingdom and we wanted to do something, Angelique and I wanted to do something as a couple. And we're, <laughs> hey, guess what? We're not getting any younger. And I, and I said, Ange, if, if we wait five years, you know, our window might be, be past us. And what happens is we got into that autopilot. We got into that cruise control and I kind of needed something to push me. And sometimes you need to kind of, have you guys ever been on a, on a, on a diving board, right? And you're looking and you're looking and you walk back and you say, no, I'm just going to go back down and you walk over, you look over and you're like, no, I can't do it. And then one of your friends just comes up and pushes you, right? Or you just say, Hey, I'm going to close my eyes and jump. That's what we need to do. Sometimes we need to make a leap of faith. And so here we are. And what I, what I would say in my journalistic career, because I was a journalist for a long time, my main focus was always on bringing a common sense approach to life because I'm one of those people who I just, I don't like to read between the lines. I don't like the woo-woo. I don't like the, the hyperbole and all that stuff. Like, just give it to me, you know, like, let's, let's do this straight. And I really love to have open conversations and I really love pop culture and I love to teach. So that's what turned on was. It was like, how can we talk about things? How can we teach things? How can we bring a common sense, simple approach to God, to family, to marriage, to health and bring it to the masses and do it with that in a way that's fun, 
that we don't take ourselves too seriously, but yet we're bringing valuable information. And here we are. Here we are. And, and I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. And so we've been doing this podcast since what, May of last year in 2019. So many of you might be thinking, well, okay, I, that makes a ton of sense, but you were doing the podcast while you were with that company. So why couldn't you continue to do the podcast or all these other things while you still had a residual income? And that's where I think we're going to talk more about like how we use the turned on method and a and see through the eyes of a turned on life and a turned on lens in order to make decisions that are oftentimes really difficult, um, that maybe look foolish to the world. Um, but the, the, the reality was, you know, deep inside we felt, sure, we could ride on that residual income that we built for eight years. Sure, we could keep that substantial uh, passive revenue stream coming in and fund different project while we also built this. But there was always going to be an underlying feeling of we weren't doing enough for the people that were there working their business. And it was a network marketing company. Um, pouring their blood, sweat, and tears into something like we did for so long. And then just kind of leave them off, you know, in the wind. It just didn't feel right. For us, it didn't feel right. And it also, and this is where Turned On comes in, it also really created an idol. Um, by feeling like we were tied to an income, um, it made us feel like that became our God, even though we didn't ever worship the income. There was so much fear wrapped around what happens when we let go? What happens when we cut it off? How can we survive? What are we going to be able to do? And that made me realize the level of control it had over our lives. Now, naturally, we have to steward our finances and to cut it off is, seems, like I said, really foolish. But David and I knew, and just like he said, that there was another level uh, in, of dig in us and new territory within us that we weren't going to find ourselves in if we always had that safety net. And so while we had spent many years in network marketing and we still believe very strongly in the industry and we still love the industry and we still think it can be amazing things for, for families and we plan on being a part of it, we didn't want it to be the main thing. We didn't want it to continue to be the only thing. We were ready to write our own songs. We were ready to create community. We were ready to create a movement. And this is where resolve comes in. This is where that turned on lens comes in, in order for you to be able to see things differently. And we go through that. We go through that with the method. We go through that in our live events. But really, it, it's a beautiful thing to be here, as scary as it may be. It's a beautiful thing to be here because David and I have found a whole new level of faith. We've also found a whole new level of frustration. <laughs> We've found a whole new level of fear. And um, it really, really kind of shows you what warfare feels like when, when you step out in faith, in total and complete resolve for who you are and who you serve. Yeah. And, you know, change of environment. So I want to tell somebody out there as, as you're, you can't see behind me, but you probably know if you've seen pictures, there's pictures of Robert Plant and Jimmy Page behind me. I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. Um, and Led Zeppelin, there was a place where they recorded uh, several of their albums, like Led Zeppelin 3, 
for Houses of the Holy Physical Graffiti. It's called um, Headley Grange, and it's it's like this old place, and it's just it was a it was a change of atmosphere, you know. And the funny thing about it is. It's, it's described as somewhat run down. The heating didn't work, but it had one major advantage, it says. Other bands had rehearsed there, and they hadn't had any complaints, and this was just a feeling. So I watch a lot of rock and roll documentaries, and I always love the fact when, when bands who have been together for a long time, and this, this isn't just about um, work right now, Ange. This goes into our yeah. marriage. This goes into our children and just life in general. One of the things I've always looked out for um, – as I approached middle age as a man is I saw those guys that were with the dreaded, you know, what do they call it? The uh, midlife crisis. Right. And I asked myself why it's because they got into a rut. They got into a comfort zone and they lost their identity. Maybe they were with the company for 20, 25 years. And then either they got let go or they just got bored or same thing with their marriage. They were in a marriage for 20, 25 years. They lost their identity and they lost the passion. So Rather, you know, the last thing you want to do in a marriage is go find something else, right? We don't want to go. Right. If you're in a band, you can go to another house and record, but God forbid, in a marriage, you don't want to go to another house and do anything, okay? <laughs> but what we're talking about is I'm a huge believer in self motivation, finding ways to get off your rear end, motivate yourself. If we don't tend to this marriage, babe, if we don't sit there and, and look at it in a realistic way and we kid ourselves, we could get on cruise control. We could, we could be on autopilot and we see it happen all the time. And what happens once you flip it on, even for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, then it turns into a year. Next thing you know, I know couples that have been together for 10 years and who are you? Where, how did we get here? How do we go from being wildly passionate about one another to like just treating each other like passing people in, in, a, in a subway station, you know, in our own house. So this happens and, and I see it in business. And part of the business thing is, look, we need to push ourselves. And sometimes it's going to feel uncomfortable. And sometimes you're going to do stupid things that don't seem rational. But you know what? We're big boys and girls. And if you feel like you have to do something drastic to put a, put a kick in your own pants and kick in your own rear end, then you know what? I say do it. And, and we're ready to you know, either make or break it. But it's going to be on our terms. Yeah. You know, when we look at Turned On in the four different hallways they t- we talk about with faith, health, um, marriage and family, and then uh, your, your marketplace or your, your ministry, if you will, or your business. Here's the deal. They, they all symbolize loyalty to some extent. Um, I'm loyal to my God. So in my faith hallway, I'm not going to be switching gods. Okay. I'm loyal to my temple. I'm not going to be able to say, hey, I don't like this body anymore. So I'm going to go find someone else's, you know, I have to work with what I have. Um, I'm loyal to my husband and my family. When, when things get hard, I don't just say, you know what, I'd rather go and covet my neighbor's husband and whatever. And then when it comes to career, I don't leave my gifts, but I might be able to leave the territory. So when we talk about a turned on business and we, and we talk about that hallway in specific, this is about where your gifts are multiplied, where they bear fruit. And sometimes we end up on soil that no longer produces fruit with you. You can outgrow it. You can, you can, uh, you can evolve and progress and and when it doesn't move with you, it's very hard to continue to toil there. Um, or 
there could be different multiple factors that come in that don't align with your faith, that don't match the divine order. And that's how we run our lives. And essentially, that's how we made this decision. You know, we just felt like our gifts were not going to be multiplied the way that we felt we needed to, not for us, certainly not for our egos, but for our assignment, okay, for the gifts that we have been given, for our assignment. And so many, many, many times through scripture, many, many, many times through history, people have had to pivot. Mm -hmm. They've had to shift. They were called out of one territory into another. Moses had to do it. Abraham had to do it. Jesus had to do it. Like we've all had to to do it. What's what's that thing we love? We got from Pastor Dufresne, right? Winter talking the, about yeah, talking lingering. about because that, that's that's powerful. We heard from Pastor Dufresne, and she said <laughs> she's a female pastor. And man, when she said that, it resonated, and For we've sure. used it in our teaching. Tell them what that was. Well, it was about the the Israelites and and um, where they had lingered too long, and and they just they never got out of their rut. They never got out of. Um, got into the favor because they lingered where they should have been passing through. Say it again. So they were lingering mm -hmm. in a place where they should, where be they should have been passing through. through. They got comfortable. They got scared. Mm -hmm. They were fearful and, and they sat there. Okay. So man, when she said that, it was like, a, it was like an uppercut. Yep. We sat in the pews. We looked at each other. It was like an uppercut. We're like so much of our lives, we're lingering in a place where we should be passing through. And this is, again, if this is your marriage, if this is your body, um, we talked about pregnancy, right? You're pregnant now. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. Um, so how many, how many women, right? We know postpartum, you have the baby weight and some people, that's a place where you're supposed to be passing through. Mm -hmm. I had the baby. Okay. That season is behind me. Let's get back in shape. We know what happens. Mm -hmm. You linger there. And next thing you know, you linger there for 40 years and it's too late in a business. Hey, I'm just taking this job right now just, just because I need something or I'm in a transition. So I'm just going to take this job, but I'm not going to be here for long. Next thing you know, you're there. I knew that because when I was a personal trainer, that famous story about I was lingering there and I knew I, knew I wanted to get out of it, but it was so comfortable. The money was so easy. The schedule was so easy. And, and for those of you who hadn't heard this story, I'll tell you real quick. Um, my friend was a really big dude. And I told him like in June, I said, Hey, if I'm still personal training at the first of the year, I want you to slap me across the face. Cause I, like I was threatening myself in one way with physical violence. Cause I didn't want to get slapped. And, and then I, I, I got back into my rut. I started lingering again. And sure enough, here it is December 31st. And my big friend looks at me, goes, Hey, am I supposed to slap you now? Because you're still personal training. Right. And I was like, yeah. And, and I get it. So it's very hard to get out of our own way. Well, I look at it like agreements, okay? Like I, I have agreement like in a, a, a covenant and everything back to turned on, back to the hallways, everything to me, to me personally is ordained and assigned by God, okay? So I have an agreement with him. That's an unbreakable covenant. I have an agreement with who I am as a child of God. I have an agreement in my marriage that was, that was, ordained and we made vows before God. And I have an agreement in my assignment where I need to be fruitful and multiply in my business. And if I have an agreement with God and somewhere along the way, I come inadvertent again, agreement with something or the 
other party, whether it's a company I used to work for uh, in my corporate career or an assignment that I had in my martial arts career, whatever, like if at some point in time I, I, that has termed, that has been, that has completed, that's when I know it's time to pivot because my assignment now has been shifted into the next level of my agreement with God, not my agreement with the marketplace, not my agreement with a customer or a company or an entity or person, because I don't bow to that, I bow to God. So that is where David and I make our decisions, and we do it as a family. And it's a very important piece of how we run our lives. And it's what we're, we teach in the Turned On Method, because we want for people to be able to live a life that is on assignment, based off of what they are given, what they are assigned to, who they are with in the body that they have yes. with their faith walk. They have the answers inside of them as long as they're in agreement with God. We don't have the answers. Our program doesn't have the answers. Our coursework is, is your book. It has nothing to do with that. It has more to do with you have access to the switch. Amen. God is the switch. He provides it for you. Flip it in each of those areas. How do you find them? Where are the access points? We teach on that, but it's all based off of our agreement with God. Amen. I love it, Ange. Um, you're so eloquent. I love the way you talk. I really do. I'm serious. I know you think I'm blowing smoke, but I'm not. I love listening to you. Um, so here's the thing. I'm the same David Nori that I was at 10, that I was at 18, that I was at 24, that I was at 35. Um, but I'm, I'm a really big believer that we always need to be reinventing ourselves. In other words, don't switch. You know, I have my core values. I am who I am. I'm literally, you know, my core values are almost identical. They switched a little bit with my faith growing, but to when I was 18, right? But I believe in reinventing yourself. And I believe there's two good stories here. First of all, you know, Led Zeppelin's my band. I just got done talking about them. As good as Led Zeppelin is, as much as I love them, there is one band that I put above them. <laughs> one. Do you know who it is, Ange? Who have I talked to you about before? Who have I raved about before? Four guys. Credence? Cre I mean, no. Um, Chicago? <laughs> okay. Who? We need to have this conversation again later on. The Beatles. Oh, 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 sure. Of course. The Beatles. For this reason. The Beatles, hands down, no argument, nothing can change us. The Beatles were the best band of all time because they constantly reinvented themselves in completely, almost just completely different genres. I mean, if you took the Beatles when they appeared on Ed Sullivan in the 60s, and then you took them a couple of years later, then the 70s, you saw a band that evolved and their sound was not the same. Now, you can look at Dexy's Midnight Runners, you can look at Right Said Fred, you could look at the Baja Men, Vanilla Ice, pick any one-hit wonder. The reason they're either a one-hit wonder is because their sounds all basically sounded alike or they didn't have the range. Mm -hmm. The Beatles forced themselves. Now, a lot of it was God-given talent. A lot of it was just serendipity, four guys that were amazing coming together. But in our individual walk, we have to constantly be aware of reinventing ourselves. We are responsible for our own motivation, nobody else, okay? And here's the other part. This fits in with Turned On. Turned On talks about balancing technology with humanity, okay? And in my book... This is a great example. When you look at people who are really addicted to technology or addicted to social media, and then you think you have an idea of who they might be, 
Okay, so Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, comes out and says, my guys are depressed. My NBA players, my millionaires, my guys that people are, they have thousands and millions of fans, they're depressed, he feels, because of social media. And I've told this story a couple of times. Then Dirk Nowitzki, the famous forward for the Dallas Mavericks, he, he, he commented on that. He said, yeah, he goes, when I was playing, win or lose, when we came in the locker room, we were talking. When we came in the locker room, if we lost, we were yelling at each other. We were, you know, blaming each other. If we won, we were talking about who had a great game and what we did. He goes, nowadays, you come into an NBA locker room, and there's 15 guys sitting there on their phones texting. You, you don't know if they won or lost because they're oblivious to it. So what happens is we see what happens if we could get caught up in this, and we are caught up. Mm -hmm. Let me remind you. Let me remind you. I wrote a book on it. We talk about it. It is an addiction every bit as, as intense as probably, I'm going to say, alcoholism and drug addiction. I, I don't want to make that correlation because I don't want to insult anybody. I'm, I'm not an alcoholic or a drug addict. But what I'm saying is it pulls on people. And I think in the years to come, we are going to see this social media, this, this technology addiction creep into our lives. And that's why we had to have turned on. That's why even in our own house, as I see my daughter, I'm like, Ella, put down the iPad. Or Angelique tells me, David, get off social media. We haven't tamed it because I don't think you ever tame it. I think you have to find balance with it. But this goes into reinventing yourself at every stage of your life. In your 50s, 60s, 70s, 20s, 30s, whatever you are, you have to find where your passion is. If you wake up in the morning without passion, if you continue to go time after time and time again, and you're now you're going on months and years, you're like, I have no passion. Hey, my friends, do something about it. Flip a switch. If it's one thing, I want you guys to be turned on. You are responsible for your happiness. We cannot blame other people. We cannot blame the government. We cannot blame our employer. We cannot blame a paycheck, our neighborhood, our spouse. Let's take our happiness into our own hands. Let's get some good news. Let's put ourselves in a situation where we are forced to perform. I'm all about that. I want to go back to two things that you said. One was about the Beatles reinventing themselves um, and, and music in general, and two about just technology. So if I forget in my train of thought, please remind me. <laughs> okay, so one with the Beatles. Um, what makes them so special as they evolved is they stayed in their lane. They still worked in their gift. You know, Ringo never, you know, well, I don't know, maybe he did, but he didn't. <laughs> Paul never looked at Ringo and said, I want to be Ringo, you know, and that's where technology gets in the way is we get so sucked in to the validation of the outside world, to the voyeurism of the outside world that all of a sudden we're like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to live that lifestyle. I want to build that kind of business. I want, and it's okay. Hey, listen, by the way, great to be inspired. The problem is, is we, we all become so many copycats. We have to be careful what we're copycatting. Okay. If, if that's even a word, we have to be careful how we go about, if we get inspired, if a spark is ignited because we see someone or something that inspires us to take it to the next level, good. But then go back, go back back to what we talk about in the turn on method, go back to the divine order, go 
back to the the standards that we we give people to ask themselves go back to the first four things you have to do and make sure that you're doing it that way that's the recipe that will keep you going all the time that's the recipe that will allow for you to reinvent yourself while still playing the same instrument that god gave you knitted inside your parts God gave you those gifts. How are you going to multiply them by staying on that assignment? That doesn't mean we can't be inspired and say, okay, that right there takes me to another level mentally. How am I going to use the gifts that I've been given without getting sucked into their life through social media, through technology to where I get off tune to where somewhere the amp gets unplugged to where somewhere I didn't tune my instrument or my piano or whatever it might be, or I didn't exercise my vocals to where I am on assignment. That's the difference. So when you look at something like the Beatles, it's because they, they, get, they got better and they grew and they, they listened, they looked ahead and they said, where is music going? How can we take our gift into that place? And they took risks. They took risks. I mean, when, when they went to India, then they have a sitar on their album and there was a, what is this? And Sgt. Pepper's was crazy. Sgt. Pepper's is like one of the best. It's got to be top three in everybody's category. It should be. If you don't know about Sgt. Pepper's, you got to listen to it. I, I don't, so... Well, we're going to listen to okay. it. But, you know, here, even the Beatles broke up, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, we did an episode earlier in our podcast career here on, on the Turned On podcast about how bands are like marriages, you know? Sometimes either finances break them up or uh, who gets the credit or sometimes they're just with each other and they, get, uh, they just get on each other's nerves. So you're going to talk about technology. That was the other thing that you wanted to talk about. Well, just because, you know, where we... I want to... Sometimes we... We, we talk about the, you know, the turned on life and we've taken te- technology out of it. But when we talk about technology, you talk about Dirk Nowinski and, and how their heads are down. It's like, that's the problem is when we're so, when we're so wrapped up in the connectivity that we have at our fingertips, we become disconnected Amen. to ourselves. We become disconnected to God. We become disconnected from our spouse. Just look at it. Go to a restaurant tonight, this week, whenever. Look around you. Look around you. Why are we so drawn to devices? Why are so many people with their heads down on a device? Not because they want to ignore the person next to them, but because it has become an addiction. And that addiction has now driven a wedge between husbands and wives, parents and children, uh, business partners, whatever. And that's where it becomes an issue because we lose the connection. And when we lose connection there, we can lose it anywhere. We lose it with ourselves. You spend more time on the couch. You're not moving your body. You're not spending time in prayer. Prayer takes too long. I'll just go on my app. Like that's what's happening is we're, we're just losing it. Well, I feel kind of incongruent at times. You know, I'm a squirrel. Oh my God. You, and, and Angelique, this is the funny part. Angelique, I remember because when we were, when we first got together, I wasn't on Facebook. I got off Facebook. And then when we started this new business, she goes, Hey, you should probably get on Facebook for the business. So I got back on. Right. And then wait a minute, this is the best part. Um, then Instagram, you came to me and go, Hey, you do know about Instagram and these Instagram stories. And I was like, and I was like, no, I don't, I don't use that. I don't know what those are. And I was like, like, seems kind of stupid. And you're like, what? What did you say? I said, I have a feeling I'm going to regret telling you this. But I feel like when Instagram decided to create Instagram stories, that their avatar was David Nori. And, and look, because I have little movies, little things, little, like I would, 
I would drive you crazy if everything that popped in, I'm one of those oh, people. Gosh. I said, Angie, if you could spend a day in my brain, you would go crazy. I already do listening to you. Exactly. So for me, it's, it's almost therapeutic, but you're right. You've talked to me when we go out to dinner, you're like, I leave my phone in your purse or we leave it in the car. When we're at the kitchen table with our, with our kids, devices are off. Not you know? always. But, not always. Not always. We'll be honest, but that's what we're striving to do. And that's what we teach. They say, you know, when people teach stuff, it doesn't mean they've, they've mastered it Heck sometimes. No, it means the they're in it. Yep, you're in it. But what do we do um, in our turned on method? What do we do in, in, the first, in the first course, really, or the second course it was, where we said, hey, guys, what happens is we forget where God is because we live often in, for lack of a better term, concrete jungles. Now, a concrete jungle is a big city, but let's face it we're all kind of in a concrete jungle. I mean, we live in our houses. We don't go outside as much anymore um, as we used to. So in the first couple sessions of the Turned On Method, we tell people, hey, the best way to really get back in touch with God is to see God in nature and see God in yourself. So we ask them to go outside for that next week and just three instances of where they see God in nature, you know, and we talked about, um, there's a famous quote by Ronald Reagan. He says the best way to get uh, for a man to get in touch with his, his spirit is on the back of a horse. Mm-hmm. And basically what he's, it's another way to say, Hey, get your butt outside so you can reconnect with, with God and you can reconnect with your spirit. Mm-hmm. And then we say, find three instances where God is in you, where you feel that. And that could be something as, you know, looking at your child and you feel love. That's, well, it's how it shows up in the big four. That's how it shows yeah. up, though. It shows up in emotion. It that, shows up in nature. And we want people to get reconnected with their maker and reconnected with what's important in life. And sometimes that's, that's just, you know, skin to skin with your spouse, mm-hmm. you know? And, and here's the thing. Let's be honest. When, when you get busy, if you're a couple out there and you've been together and you get busy, you got to think to yourself, when's the last time I, I really, really looked at my spouse in the eye? And not for just a couple seconds or not just to talk to them, but I, we really just stared into each other's eyes. Remember when you were first dating <laughs> and, and you had the butterflies and you would just look at each other and people would get sick. They're like, oh my gosh, you guys, can you go somewhere else? Because you're making me sick. You're just gaga over each other. <laughs> right? Remember when we first did that, Ange? I know. Um, we, but, got, we got to go. And we got to reach another level. Well, here's the thing. Look at it. When our children, when, when their newborn baby, we just look at the baby, look at the teeth, and you know, and you just look at them in the face. And, and then, and then sometimes you get busy there with school and there with kids. Sometimes you got to stop cheek to cheek, mm-hmm. skin to skin with your child, eye to eye, mm-hmm. smell them, feel them, hug them, tell them you love them. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it seems so simple. I know a lot of you guys do it. Right. But a lot of us don't. A lot of us were missing that. Hey, you know what, dad, dad, in the middle of your sentence, dad. And this is me talking to my father. Hey, dad, I just want to let you know, I love you. You know, I love you. Your wife. Hey, sweetheart, you know, for no reason. I just want to let you know that you're the best thing that ever happened to me or your kid. I mean, these are simple, simple things, but we're, we're losing it as a society. And again, I want to bring good news. I don't want to sit here and go, we're doing this, we're doing this. And sometimes it's easy to start just, this is what's wrong with the world. I want to point out what's good with the world. Yeah, it's all the ways that we, we can experience God in those areas of our life. How do you experience him, you know, in your faith walk? How do you experience him in your body? Um, how do you experience them, him in your family? How do you experience him in, in the way you see your work? You know, and that, hey, 
if someone's listening right now and they don't love their job, that, that could be a great assignment for you today. How, how and where can you find and experience God in what you're currently doing? How and where can you bring him to the task you're at? Because we can get really caught up in the negativity. We can get caught up in what we don't like. We can get caught up in the 80-20 rule that we talk about a lot. Um, and, and I'll just explain really quickly. So many marriages break up over the 80-20 rule. Like 80, my spouse has 80% of all the things that I've ever needed or wanted but man, is he missing the t- this 20%. And then you get so hyper-focused on that missing 20% that you almost become resentful of the 80% you have. And you start looking outside of the marriage for the 20% that he or she is missing, okay? And then you find the 20%, right? And this is where so many marriages go wrong. And they chase that 20%. And they get that 20%. And then all of a sudden, it dis- of course, it disrupts the marriage. It tears families apart. You're with that 20%. And over time, you realized it was only 20%, which is 60% less than the 80% you had. Same thing goes with where you are at work. How, how can we steward more of what we're asking from God if we aren't appreciative of the percentage that we have right now in our hands. How can we expand our gifts where we are? And if after time you have reached your pinnacle of that assignment and you are ready to grow and move on, then it's okay to pivot. Then it's time. There's a restlessness that comes in your spirit like we did. It was a restlessness. We had literally given everything we could. And at one point we just said, our spirit has moved from here and our bodies have remained. Are we going to go where our spirit is assigned or are we going to stay here physically because we feel obligated to it? And that's the difference. That's the difference. But when it comes to your marriage, you don't do that unless, of course, the other party is not a willing party. The other party is not a willing party, and you have just gone through everything possible to try to make it work. You've gone to church, you've done the counseling, whatever, and that person continues to not come in agreement with you because maybe they are missing God in their life. I don't know. That's an an entirely different story and an entirely different topic. But I know David and I are each on an equivalent spiritual journey. We're chasing God full speed ahead. And as a result of that, in that chase, he and I continue to glance over at each other to make sure we're still there. And if one falls behind, I say, hey, you need to come back up here where I am because we're both on this journey together. And that's the difference between a turned on marriage and one that's been turned off. And I really believe that that has, uh, that's a metaphor for so many different ways that we can look at things in life. And if you're in your body right now and you feel like spiritually... (laughs) This is not where your who your body is meant to be. Then you got to call your body to mm-hmm. to to rise up, and then you can do little things each day, switches each day to turn it on, based off identifying the areas that got turned off. You have to expose the dark spot. You got to expose it in your marriage, in your body, in your business. 
if you're not willing to have those hard conversations in the mirror with your spouse or with the company, then I'm sorry, success is probably going to evade you. You know, Ange, as we wrap up this 50th episode, we realize that we never rest on our laurels. It would be nice if we said, hey, that's 50, let's put it in the books and just let's live off that, right? But you, we, we know there's, we got to go out and find more guests. We got to find more topics, you know? And, and I think, again, that feeds into turned on. It's never sitting there. You can't fold your arms, kick the lazy boy feet up, crack open a beer and say, all right, that's it. I'm going to coast. It, life just doesn't work that way. It's not to say you can't enjoy yourself and take time off. We're, we're all about that. We're all about powering down and relaxing. But I want to find fire. I want to find fire. Right now, I'm in my 40s. I want to find fire in my 50s. My I want to live to well into my 90s or 100, but I want fire. Meaning, when I say fire, I want that Holy Spirit to be just working in me. And, and we see it, you know, I was a sports reporter for years. And so I've been around a lot of the best coaches. I've seen, uh, seen and interviewed Lou Holtz, uh, John Gruden, you know, these guys, you name it. And one of the things that, if you know anything about sports is these guys get in it for so long and when the coaches either get fired or they retire when they're older, they don't really last very long because their passion goes and their, their zest, their will to live goes. If you see couples who've been uh, with each other for 60, 70 years and one passes, the other one usually passes fairly quickly after because their zest, their life force their, their Ruach, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit dimmer because I believe that we have to find the Lord and we have to find our purpose each day. There are people out there, I don't know who the oldest person that listens to our podcast, but I'm sure we have some people that are in their 80s, hopefully, if they're into podcasts, if you're out there, let us know. Um, you have a purpose. Yeah, you know, just because you retire from your job, I, I be, really believe you got to find a hobby. You got to find something that lights your fire. So when your eyes open up in the morning, you go, I'm going to do this. Sometimes that's philanthropy. Sometimes that's mentorship. And I'm, I'm a big believer. If you have somebody, a father, a mother that's heading towards retirement, you better ask them, Hey, what are you going to do with your time? What's going to jack you up? What's going to pump you up? I get it. You've been working for a long time. You want to, you know, you want to sit back and relax, relax. You want to watch Wapner. You want to watch Jeopardy. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Right. But 97 X. I'm going to wrap it up with this. Look, I love life. I live it. I suck it up. I, I breathe it through my nostrils. That's why I, I love, I do love Instagram stories because I'm, I'm an entertainer. Yeah. I'm, I'm a thinker and I'm always going. Okay, and, and I want to contribute in a, in a big way. And I want this podcast to keep contributing in a big way. I want, I want to pray right now that God brings us people on this podcast and guests that will change other people's lives. He's done it in the first 50, and I know he's going to do it in the next 50 and beyond. So I just want to, I want to take a moment to thank God for putting us here, my wife and I together as partners in this life. I want to thank God for um, our opportunity to do this podcast, I want to thank for all the listeners out there who have shared it, who have enjoyed it, who have given us feedback on how it's impacted their lives. And uh, I'm just really excited. We are excited. So that wraps it up. Episode 50 of the Turned On Podcast. 
If you love this and it's touched you, we'd love to hear your stories. If you love this and you feel like it could touch others, please leave us a review on iTunes, share it in your stories, share it with your friends, share it with someone that you love. Um, we truly desire in this labor of love to turn you on in an entirely different way than the world sees it. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And we will always be here for you. Until next time.